Yep. Okay, that's all right. And uh, record that. Uh, everybody give me a level. One, two, one, 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 two. Hello. Nick. Uh, hello. It's me. Excellent. Good. That's good. They're all reading nicely. That's lovely. So, uh, right. I'll basically. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, reviews, technology, associated products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. That music always make me feel like I want to be introducing the next game. Coming up next after the break, it's Man United versus Spurs. It's been a hot day on the terrace. In fact, I'm going to kick off with some sports news. It's good news for dance fans out there as Lakeside is going to be continuing the tradition at Frimley Green and it's going to be uh, watched on Eurosport and Quest. There we are. I need a show to you now. That's all I've got to contribute. Cheerio, everyone. Welcome to this week's sports and TV news with Mark. But it's true though; it does sound like. Yeah. I can just imagine, like you know, uh, anyone played like the Madden games on the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, as it should be called. We got the two people with the jackets. Like it just seems like oh, Monday night football, football, football. I'm loving the sports team. <laughs> I realise oh, like during post uh, pre setting up, I haven't, we haven't actually been introduced. Uh, hello, uh, I'm the ex host. I actually waved then. Jeez, <laughs> this is what my life has come to. I'm sat in a room on a Sunday and I'm going hello, and I'm actually I just did it again. I'm waving. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm waving over here too. There we go. Everybody's waving. Can you see us? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Right. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the madness of the Essential Apple podcast, uh, where we are going to discuss, of course, the Apple event. And with me this week, I have Mark Chapel. Hello, Mark. Hello. And don't forget the Bet Win, the B Win World Series of Dance is on as well. So I will be giving live commentary of the matches as we go along because surely somebody <laughs> out there has got to be interested. Oh, actually, it's cheap. Actually, no, this is a, this, the next match is a good one for me because you've got Jimmy Lewis, who's from Wales, versus the okay. Machine James Way. Uh, no, we have. Not, no. And you've got Raymond von Barneveld versus Michael Van Gerwen. Now, I challenge anyone, right? Everyone goes, oh, darts, it's boring. I challenge anyone, you put it on the telly in your local pub and people will start watching it. (laughs) Right, okay. We also have Wei Han Eng, the, uh, what do you describe yourself as, Wei Han? The uh, eccentric (laughs) iOS developer, is that not correct? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I've got an idea for an app. (laughs) <laughs> how, how many times? How many times do you hear when you don't say tell to me people, it's an app uh, app ideas uh, collection and submission? No, app. it's right. It's called Hands Up. So when you're on a podcast, <laughs> you all have this. You have you have this is a serious idea. I did pitch it to um, <laughs> Dean Murphy of Maker of Crystal, and he laughed at me. But you wait, Dean. The idea is, if you're on a podcast, you you all have this app, 
And you know when you're not using the camera, but you want to say something, it's hard to interrupt someone. So you join this list, and when you want to uh, say something, you press the hand. And the person doing the host of the show has a little indication to say someone's put their hand up. And I think that's a bloody brilliant idea. <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. Or oh, uh, well, we can put the, the hand-waving emoji in the chat. <laughs> oh well if, well, if you want to be like that, I mean, blimey! Yeah, if you're going to shoot it down use, with sensible you... ideas, way hard. That's just, you know, that's just not. That's yeah, not playing but... the game, is it? No, eh? it's not exactly the worst app that's in the oh, app store either. Uh, yeah, like, there are these developers uh, coming uh, on. Come on, with, order like, you lot. Pro- Problematic <laughs> ideas. And last of all, we have, but not least in any way whatsoever, we have Nick. Uh, hello, Nick. How are you? Oh, all right, Simon. I was just wondering whether Mark was going to come on. I hadn't noticed up to this point. <laughs> I still think hands oh, up his merits. Hang but... on, hang on. <laughs> well, when Simon called me, I was in the middle of a field about to do some painting. So, oh, yeah, and I, two things have happened. I'm either drunk or I'm sobering up. So in about the next 15 minutes, I'll be like, uh. Anyway, you can stop. You can shut you lot up, blooming pre-show. <laughs> I bet none of you can remember the points you made about recycling. <laughs> I bet we can. <laughs> uh, right. So, anyway, uh, obviously, this week, Apple had uh, an event in New York at the Opera House, and they announced uh, some new toys. They did. Uh, some of which, of course, were probably pretty much expected. The the iPad, of course. Some were what I would describe more hoped for. Um, we had a new MacBook Air. Right. Cheers. Come on. Cheers. Everybody Everybody <laughs> I, in the I auditorium can't... cheers. Yeah, oh, yeah. But that was... They were very enthusiastic. Very, very enthusiastic, weren't they? We had a new Mac Mini, didn't we? We had a new Mac Mini, and that also generated a lot of cheers. I haven't got any cheers. I haven't got clapping. Why have I not got chap- clapping and cheers? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a shocker. Oh dear. Yes. So, um... well, well, before we go into the tech, what did everyone think about the sort of the general style of presentation? Because there was a, there were a lot of new faces up there, weren't there? There was a lot of um, people we hadn't seen before. Uh, Tim, for once, did look like he was always looking down at the teleprompter for every thirty seconds. Uh, which, uh, well, oh, I have to say. I don't know about you guys. I thought Tim actually sounded quite pumped up. Perhaps he's a perhaps he's a MacBook Air fan or even a Mac Mini lover because he seemed quite energised <laughs> well, about the whole thing. I would be if I went. Yeah, I'm going to come out here, launch some products, and I'm going to charge more for them. That, blimey, <laughs> how could you fail not to be happy? Well, that's yeah. you know that's the way of things, Mark. You know, yeah, um, on, the, on the whole, I thought it was pretty good actually. Uh, you know, taking the whole presentation, it, yes, it, it, there was lots of good things to hear and. It was delivered in a mostly upbeat way. I thought there were a couple of items they could have done without with, but yeah, I mean, but on, I, on the whole, very good. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, pretty good too. But uh, I still miss uh, Steve Jobs' uh, era's presentation. Well, I don't think anybody's going to follow Steve, the oh, no consummate <laughs> showman, the consummate showman that he was. Angela didn't look very comfortable, did she? They keep they keep wheeling her out. Um, she does not look like she feels comfortable on that stage. I'll be honest. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, but overall, um, yes, and lots of new faces. That seems to be the way at the moment to be wheeling out new people all the time, which is not a bad thing. Um, they they've said, haven't they? They've said that they're trying to bring out the people actually responsible for the 
the product or the um, service or whatever it is they're, they're talking about rather than just wheeling out Eddie and Hair Force One and whatnot to sort of, you know, tell us all about it. They're trying to recognise the teams involved, which mostly seems to pay off. Occasionally it doesn't. Occasionally we seem to get team leaders who are blatantly not comfortable standing on a stage. But uh, overall, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it's good. I said the one bit I really did like and I got a little bit giddy was when uh, I can't remember what product was being revealed, but you were expecting Johnny Ive to come out and do his smooth English voiceover thing. But it was uh, it was Schiller. And it was like, whoa, and damn, that guy is good at doing a voiceover. You can just see this is the problem I have with some presentations. You've got some people like Schiller who know the product inside and out that they don't have to look at a teleprompter to give a good performance. And then you've got other people that aren't quite sure and they're always looking down and looking around. Uh, yeah, but Schiller was for me was a standout moment of the presentation. Also, the uh, honourable mention goes to the woman doing the Photoshop uh, demonstration who had more shakier hands than the first Craig Federighi uh, presentation. <laughs> well, I have to admit, you know, <laughs> that's got to be a pretty scary proposition, isn't it? To be wheeled out there and go, yeah, uh, here, here's on. an iPad, get out there and demo it. Our man from Serif did a fine job. He didn't have the he didn't have the wobbles. <laughs> Fair enough, but uh, I, I must admit I didn't pay a huge amount of attention to that. I probably should have done, but not really. Be I'm not a I'm not really convinced by this real Photoshop. Um, it's not yet. It's not yet a real Photoshop, and I suspect it'll be some time before it actually approaches real Photoshop because they're going to the, add features as they go along. I'm not a Photoshop person, so it doesn't excite me uh, unless they wheel out the uh, uh, Illustrator. I'm more an Illustrator person. Yeah, I mean, again, Affinity have beaten them to the beaten them to the punch there, haven't they? By a long way. I mean, Affinity oh, yeah. Designer is apparently you know fantastic. So on the iPad, so, you know. I've yet to um, do a real project on the Affinity Designer. So uh, whenever I learn a new software, I use I must have a real project. If not, I will never be able to learn it. Same. No, that is, that is true. That Same. is true. You can, you can tinker with it to your heart's content, <clears throat> but you, you won't really. Uh, the one thing I, I can tell you, well, I... I used the uh, Affinity Designer on Mac in the beta. Um, And if you're like me, if you are a long-term Illustrator user, you do have to kind of uh, understand that it it doesn't always work the same way as Illustrator, which, uh, yeah. and vector drawing apps are very much like that, much less so than um, photo apps, to be honest, because they have yeah. much less, um, they have much less real world analog, but it's a very good program. But, you know, with uh, sort of 30 years of muscle memory of Illustrator wired in, it, it can be a little <laughs> bit of a task to, uh, to get to grips with, but it's a very good program. Anyway, yeah. that's not really what we're here to talk about. Yeah, I feel like we've gone to the main course before we've had like the uh, muse-bouche or the aperitif to start with. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should might as well start uh, and in the order that uh, Uncle Tim did. So uh, new MacBook Air, everybody. Uh, what 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 do we have to say about that? What do we think, other than about bloody time, obviously? Well, well speaking of time, no one told me it was at bloody half past two. I'm out having <laughs> a perfectly lovely coffee. Simon sends uh, updates to calendar. And I'm like, no, time zones. Oh, silly phone. 
uh, <laughs> queue a rush to get from where I was to get home. So I miss pretty much all about the the MacBook uh, Air stuff. Right. Okay. Uh, Nick, what what did you think about the MacBook Air? Um, I thought it looked really nice. I mean, I, th- I thought everything they they introduced yes, was really good. Nice. Um, I, I like the upgrade. I like the fact that it's got the uh, the um, fl- what do they call it? Retina fluid retina or whatever it is. They call yeah, well, it, it was a uh, full full retina Li- liquid. Liquid, liquid, liquid retina. retina. Thank you. Liquid it, it. retina, I think. Mean, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it looked wonderful. Uh, I, I, I loved it until they announced the price. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, price apart, I mean, it, it's everything we've come to expect from Apple. They, they upgraded it significantly because, let's face it, it needed it. Having, oh, yeah. said, having said that, I gave my old MacBook Air to my niece last week. It was her 18th birthday. Um, and... Uh, uh, I passed on my MacBook Air because I don't use it very much, and she was delighted with it, mm. uh, with its non-retina screen. And but the fact is, it had an SSD in it, and so it was still nippy. Mm. Um, okay, it can't run Mojave, but I'm sure she'll get a few years worth of use out of it. Oh, I'm pretty sure. And um, I noticed, by the way, I did. It did. They didn't make a big shout about it, but did everybody notice that the old MacBook Air did not disappear? Ah, didn't get right. any upgrades yeah. at all. Nothing, no change, but it's still available to buy. I think they're mm. only doing one now. There's only one configuration available, but that is the sort of the only sub-1000 uh, Mac laptop available. It does seem to be their thing at the moment, doesn't it? it, it I mean, they're thinking back over the, over the last few years, I mean, the, the, they used to let stuff go. When they upgraded, they, there was something fell off the end, but these days they seem to hold on to everything. Yeah, um, and I have to say, I don't know what you boys think about this, but the, their laptop space is becoming awfully muddied, don't you yeah. think? I mean, I really liked the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. I thought it was everything it needed to be. And by the way, did we notice apparently 100% recycled aluminium and uh, even more importantly, from my point of view, I thought it was 35% post-consumer recycled plastics. Oh, I'm glad, you said, I'm glad you put plastics on the end. I was just looking at what you typed in the notes, which was post-consumer recycled, and I was a bit worried <laughs> that I might end up getting partly recycled. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, we need to be doing these things. Let's face it, we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's good, yeah, it's good they're recycling anything. Uh, as I was saying just before the show started, I, I didn't quite understand the use of recycling when you're actually using stuff that you haven't actually produced a, a model. Well, with, with, the, with the aluminium, yes. Yeah, I mean, the aluminium they, bits. Yeah, recycling? Well, yeah, making yeah. the most of. So my brother used to, um, my brother's uh, job when he was working, he's retired now, um, was as a production controller. And he wouldn't have called it recycling. He would have called, called it maximizing the use of. Uh, well, yeah, recapture. The stuff, yeah, um, the stuff that you're actually manufacturing with. But so. I mean, that that part of it, that part of it, they've been doing ever since they introduced the unibody aluminium max. Yeah. That, you know, they take a huge block of aluminium and they mill it down to make the unibody shell. And obviously about 85% of that block is milled out and it just goes back around the back around the factory and, and is fed back into the making al- more aluminium slabs. Well, it's, so... not, it's not that though, is it? They, they're, it's um, a new... Was it? I, I had to laugh when I heard the words "apple metallurgists" or "metallurgists" or how the hell do you say it? They've created, yeah, they've, they've created their own new alloy. So basically, what we're getting here is all the shavings from the iPhones to make the MacBook. <laughs> yeah, but we can't call it like uh, you know uh, scraps. 
in the marketing <laughs> material. <laughs> I, I was listening to uh, listening to Carl on his uh, podcast, and uh, he said he said something like um, that, that they said they were going to be doing it at, at an atomic level. He said, "Isn't that alchemy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that is true. Um, but I, I don't know. It was a strange use, but by my reading of that, strictly speaking, if you say it's 100% recycled aluminium, even if 85% of it is what you mill out of the block and just send round, round back to the start, if you say it's 100% recycled, you can't be feeding in any new ore. So oh, that's you must a good be, point. Yes. You must be re- <laughs> that must mean what you are feeding in has got to be pre-used aluminium. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but either, either way, however you, however you want to term it, you know, it's a big step forward, isn't it? You know, 35% post-consumer recycled plastics and 100% apparently recycled aluminium. And I believe they said the same for the Mac Mini, did they not? Yeah, but imagine if they say, you know, the, the new MacBook Air is made out of complete scraps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the scrap, scrapbook yeah, it's, air, and it's more expensive. <laughs> the Apple Scrapbook Air. There we go. I like, we've, I like that name. I we've coined a phrase. We've coined a phrase. Air. Here we go. That's a show title. Um, done anyway. Next. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only gripe I have heard. Um, I'll be fair. Um, I, I don't know. I the only gripe I've heard is some people are saying, despite saying it's uh, eighth generation. Um, you know, iCore processors that they are the um, like basically the lowest powered. You know, they're not much more of a step up than the M series. But then again, you know, it's a MacBook Air. If it, it, you're not going to get MacBook Pro performance out of a MacBook Air, and you're never meant to, were you? So I, I think some of that's a bit um, nitpicky. Personally. Yeah, I also think we get a little bit obsessed by this performance thing. I mean, as I said, the MacBook Air I handed off to my niece um, was perfectly good machine um, and, w- and would do probably everything she needs it to do and everything that I needed it to do in all honesty. So this this obsession with um, pushing the envelope is only really useful to people who want to do high end stuff. And for the, all the rest of us, I mean, it's that is true. I very, edges, isn't it? I very much agree with that. I think um, no, the, the way I look at it is that um, <clears throat> uh, let's put it this way: my I really wanted the new MacBook Air, but um, if I really think about it, my 2010 MacBook Air is still running fine. Yeah, right? but essentially, what they did is they they lower one class in the CPU. So with that uh, lower class, uh, I'm starting to question. Would it be able to last as long as my 2010 uh, MacBook Air, right? So in in like uh, eight years, nine years, uh, are we going to still be able to say, oh, my Mac, my MacBook Air is working fine, right? Mm. So that that yeah, would be good question. Yeah, that would be what I'm uh, looking at, but who knows, right? Well, they, yeah. they're, they're going to need them to last um, not long in this last because they need to get all the recycled material. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's planned obsolescence to make new products. <laughs> they need, yeah, they need them to only last five years so they keep making new ones. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, right. And, and then we came to the crunch, didn't we? Then they said how much they were going to cost. Oh, yes. Ooh, um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. It, it, it seems, I don't know, though. It seems like an ouch moment but i i i I mean i've been saying for a little while i i i believe that apple are pushing up their bottom line if you like they're very Um, much uh, they're very uh, much uh, yeah and 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 
unfortunately, that's just making them too expensive for more people, which seems a little bit counterintuitive to me. Mm. Um, however, they obviously are very keen to be seen as a premium brand, and um, I, I think they get some pressure from uh, within to keep the prices going up. So I think that, um, like all companies, obviously their point, you know, as as sales numbers of everything, you know, plateau. It, you, you've got two options, haven't you? Drive prices down and try and sell more, or drive prices up and try and maintain your revenue stream. Yeah, and the thing is, they know they've got so many people um, hooked, shall we call it? Yeah. Um, that, that, that they're going to be able to sell it at that price, whatever, almost whatever price they put it at. Um, but the other thing is, you've got to remember, of course, because as Weihan was saying, you know, you can you can get ten years and more out of out of a Mac. Yeah. So the story of last week, the disaster of my uh, 2012 a MacBook Pro, um, which I managed to kind of franken build into a working laptop with a uh, Bluetooth keyboard. Um, that's gone to my daughter uh, because she you know, was in need. It's working. Uh, it, you know, it's not a hundred percent as a, one of the speakers has gone. And I think one of the USB plugs might be dodgy and you need to use a, a, a Bluetooth keyboard, but she was very glad to have it because it's working. I, the gods smiled on me and, um, with the, uh, assistance of a, uh, anonymous benefactor i have become uh the owner of a 2013 uh macbook pro 13 inch retina oh excellent. so um which is you know oh, a, nice. it is a nice machine you know it's one year and one model newer than the one i had and as we were talking you know we we're talking about you know pushing the envelope and power and speed i mean <laughs> this is you know it it's perfectly adequate for my needs and the best form of recycling in my opinion yeah. So there you go. Um, I, I got it uh, via eBay. It cost about four hundred and fifty pounds, and I have to say that's not uh, bad. Four hundred fifty no, quid for four hundred and fifty. This is an eight uh, eight gig RAM, two five six uh, SSD, thirteen inch MacBook Pro Retina, twenty thirteen. Um, and I have to say, um, I, I believe I, I'd have to check back. But I'm pretty sure this is the one where the seller said the screen had been replaced last year because of screen delamination. So it's had a new screen on it. And the seller documented that there are a couple of tiny marks on, on the case. Um, there's a ding, right? There's a ding on one corner and, and whatnot. And, a photo, and on the photograph, it looked like there was it'd been whacked, you know, or dropped and that there was a flat spot on the corner of the case. Yeah, when I got it and took it out of the box, that whack, he must have zoomed right in on it because that whack is about a mil and a half. <laughs> Literally, this this laptop is basically spotless. Excellent. So, um, yeah. So, But there we go. This is a 2013 machine, and it's fabulous and perfectly good for me. So, you know, I do believe you're quite right for a lot of users. You know the power that they feel they need. They are massively overspecking what they really, oh, really need to have. Um, yeah, I my, mean, what I'm supposed to only, do? You know, yeah, my only sadness really is that um, I can't afford new Macs anymore. <laughs> I can't afford <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one. Yeah, it's it's simple, simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, I'm, I think... I'm, I'm going to have to go for for secondhand ones. Which you know, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that, but. Um, yeah, it's I just, just a, think it's a little sad that they're pushing themselves up, out and and some people will find that that's too much for them, a bit too uh, hot. But yes, I think you're, I think you're right. But of course, those of us who are Apple lovers, no doubt, will continue to purchase Apple Kit, even if we can't afford the newest and shiniest. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. 
Um, so again, they, I guess yes, they had they do I, I have, have a hook uh, and they do have their market. You know, I have a theory with their pricing, um, especially when they are keeping the the previous gen uh, MacBook Air on sale. I think they are <clears throat> experimenting to uh, test the elasticity of the price. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Um, and uh, Tim Baharin um, uh, off air said much the same to me that he mm-hmm. believes that uh, Apple are. Uh, you know, as sales are leveling of all their products, and that the you know the tech industry is is either plateauing or slightly you know receding. Uh, manufacturers are very much trying to keep up their average uh, average selling prices or drive up their average selling prices in order to cover the revenue gap. I've got a question: the Mac Mini. Do we think for what we got, for how long we waited, and the price? Do we think it was worth it? Now we've all had time to sort of settle back and look at what we can actually, uh, we've digested in the party period has gone. Is it worth it for how long we've had to wait? Yes. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, I, I think I was a little bit disappointed they didn't take the opportunity to give it a slightly newer look. Um, I'll tell you why they didn't. I'm why? pretty sure that is because the Mac Mini, as they pointed out, has become used by a lot of people to stick in server racks. Ah, uh, right. So they couldn't really. And there are a line. lot of there are now a lot of places who have created server racks for people to stack up Mac Minis. You go and change the form format. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be pretty miffed. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're right. I mean, I was um, I was a bit surprised. Am I right in believing the bottom ones and um, quad core i3? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's. I was going to bring that up as well, and I think that's the uh, first. Well, time. I don't understand, and of course, we're we're now getting into this position where we've got so many different specs to talk about that I'm just completely confused. So, is that is that less powerful or more powerful than a dual core Core i5? I mean, it <laughs> it's just really confusing for, for the buyer to know which it one is. to go for. It yeah. is. Um, I think typically the newer generations are better, but some of the older generations are better. Don't even start looking at the new Intel i9 or i7 chips where I think Linus Tech Tip said, you've got this processor, which is more money, but has less cash. And then this one's got less cash, but it's got yeah. more cash, but a, a lower clocking speed. It's it's all a complete it, mess. It becomes incredible. Well, it's not a mess. It becomes incredibly complicated and you have to have a degree in chip technologies to understand the truth is let's face it the truth is in the real world i doubt that you'd have to go back a good 10 years i should think before you would find a chip that you could say wasn't really up to the job for the average consumer yeah that's true uh, I, I, it's just quite often <laughs> it's really a, just a matter of uh, flipping a coin isn't it saying oh i can afford that one i love that one <laughs> yeah and some of it you know i think is just upsell yeah by saying we this this bottom one is is an i3 people look at that and think i3 that's not as good as an i5 so i have to spend more money so yeah. i'll get an i5 one because you know we haven't had i3 laptops or i3 uh powered desktop max f- for donkeys but i'm pretty sure the difference between uh you know a gen 7 i3 and a gen 3 i3 or a gen 3 i5 is massive so yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure if i was to get uh you know a quad core i3 from that mac mini and compare it benchmark it against the whatever i5 is in this um you know this new laptop i'm using i'm sure that i3 would win so com c com sa <laughs> yeah true but uh, we, we... 
um, what do you call that? We all know who which party is the one that caused all this confusion, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, now that's a very good point because that name was never uttered once, was it? Yeah, never. Oh, uttered it any- was it was mentioned once. I remember hearing it uh, during the Mac Mini presentation. Yeah, and that was it, and that was very very telling throughout the entire entire um, presentation. But before I go on to that. What I've been looking at now is the stuff that Apple doesn't say because you know they love their graphs and their hockey sticks. They haven't said a word about the graphics on the Mac Mini. I know that's not oh, primarily yeah. what it's for, but you would have thought, well, you know, they would say something. Just you know, just give us a little inkling to say, oh, I, we've increased the GPU speed by so and so. Nothing. Well, apparently, I heard that they get, you could be able to use these new GPUs with it. Yeah, the external, yeah, external ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't recall what uh, GPU is in it. I think it's a fairly middle of the range GPU. I think I believe um, it's the discrete uh, GPU with uh, Byte Intel. Yeah, the um, six ten. I think you know. it is. Now, here's something I haven't heard discussed with regards to the Mac Mini. So, there's been lots and lots of speculation over the last what six months. Are Apple going to bring out uh, an A series chip? Mm. Well, no, that's what so, I was, that's what I was leading to because uh, right. in the whole presentation there was a lot of digs about the iPad being faster than a desk uh, than a laptop. In fact, the iPad has sold more units than laptops. Yeah, I think there was a lot of subliminal messages going on there to say we know we're good. We are going to have a uh, we're going to have our own laptop soon. You think- know, you know that iPad thing was there yeah was was a basically a red they're running a flag up there oh, saying yeah. we're coming for you because that, it wasn't that wasn't oh, for yes. you and yeah. me yeah. That, yeah. none of us really care about anything on that graph that graph was out there saying chip makers we are coming for you laptop <laughs> makers we are gunning for your audience but it's the first time that they've actually gone out and aggressively called out the you know the whole laptop market that yeah. that surprised me. And what you said, Nick, about the A series chip, and for the last two years, look at all the benchmarks. Like, oh, this is getting closer to a MacBook, or oh, it's uh, on a single core thread. An iPad is faster than a desktop. Not mentioning the Intel name. Yeah, the whole it's it was like a lot. Oh, yeah. of, it's like a lot of subliminal. Now this has come up in the Slack, boys, and I don't. I'm not going to read too much into it, but a couple of people pointed out that in the discussion. Tim Baharan said, for example, that the MacBook was falling behind and it needed, you know, and possibly even the MacBook Pro needed to get on the Bionic. Now, that could have simply been, you know, a a misspeaking because there's an awful lot of things to cover and, you know, an awful lot of names for different things all over the shop. But he also said that he has, you know, um, NDA knowledge of roadmaps could and not you know no conspiracy theories no putting words in his mouth but there's Uh, also the the only thing that i see against that is that i would have thought that this would have been the ideal opportunity that yes they're going to put an a an a series chip in uh, any device it would have been the map in the mini and i Um, i did think that beforehand i did think and I suspect a lot of people might have thought the same, is the reason the Mac Mini is, you know, so far behind and has been untouched. Is it that they're waiting till they can bring out an A-series Mac Mini? 
but they haven't. And I, I don't know. Well, the, it could be quite a few factors that, um, you know, if, if it is, uh, in fact, that at Apple, they wanted the, the ARM processor in their Mac Mini, there could be a few factors that uh, could, you know, hold this back. Uh, one of which is the, whether the OS is ready, right? And yep, the, uh, yep. the other is, um, yeah, we, you know, we can say, look at the benchmark, they are all faster than the Intel CPU. Uh, but, you know, uh, are they ready for, um, you know, day-to-day real-life uh, environment? That's true. I, I also think that um, the, the, the cross-section of power that they put into these Mac Minis means that they've got no intention of updating them again in the near future. <laughs> um, because they, they basically said, here's a box, it's going to be... <clears throat> fairly low powered but will be fine or it's going to be something that will hover off the desk two feet because it's so powerful um so did you um, yeah, did, a real breadth of um of did pa- you of um did i mean did you note the the intro um you know the intro video where they had you know they effectively brought it in like a bloody alien starship <laughs> that was nice <laughs> yes. that was nice the, uh, one other th- just one other thought and then maybe we well we're going to 36 minutes we go to nemo's one other thought is they were really aggressive as well. Like, with the something like we're the only people to be doing seven nanometer processing or mm. you know, to have a successful seven nanometer process. Mm. And that gets you thinking it's like, I think Intel is still or were still struggling with their seven nanometer process, but there were a lot of shots fired here. Uh, mm. I, yeah, that's true. They are very subtle, but um, nonetheless, they are fired. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. I mean, I know um, somebody put in the notes here. I'm not sure if that was Weihan or, or uh, Mark, but we've got in here, you know, Intel remains the supplier for the modem chips. Um, uh, but that, um, I think, as much as anything, and don't get me wrong here, but the because the atmosphere between Qualcomm and Apple has become so toxic, I don't think they'd buy a bloody piece from Qualcomm if Qualcomm offered to pay them to take them off them at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it looks like that. Uh, and... What was that rumor about uh, um, the next iPhone is going to be all Intel modem chip? Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, because at the moment, Apple and Qualcomm have. Well, that makes you know... sense as well. If you think about the messaging of that, Apple are saying, right, we've got our own processors. Intel have now shifted their sort of focus onto different styles of processors. So it's maybe this is like the thing where Apple will, uh, sorry, Apple will do the main grunt work and then Intel will just be providing like all the ancillaries, like, you know, the modems and the signal chips and everything. Yeah, it sure well, looks like that, you know, it, to me. It, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the way they're going. And um, anybody who, you know, who knows me or has listened to me on various shows over over time would say I was very much... Um, I was very much anti the ARM Mac idea. I, I, you know, I said I'm pretty sure if Apple wanted to pull it off, they could do it. But I couldn't see any reason what though why they would want to do that. But over the last 18 months or so, my view on that has changed completely. I'm I'm now very much uh, of the opinion it's not a case of if but when, and it's yeah. Apple are <laughs> waiting for the correct time to bring it out. Um, and you know, yeah. If you if you look at the um, different o, uh, Apple OS variants, right? Um, what we what we have is that we have a Unix layer. All of them are Unix, right? The only difference 
uh, would be the uh, underlying machine code because the architecture for the, the CPU is different. Uh, and uh, maybe some uh, memory format like, uh, you know, uh, Intel is on the big Indian and then the uh, ARM chips, they are, um, they are by Indian, but uh, I believe on iOS, they are, use, they are using the little Indian. Right. And, right. The other thing would be the UI paradigm. Right. Uh, we have the <clears throat> the watch, the TV, uh, iOS, and as well as the uh, Mac OS. Right. So all these UI paradigm they are very different. So uh, uh, whether you know, but you know, if we if we move the Macs to ARM, I don't think the the paradigm matters. Right. The other thing would be the SDK. So you know. Uh, for a developer point of view, the SDK would make a difference. But then again, it's still also the uh, machine code that is different. And with uh, Apple's experience with all the universal binary uh, binaries, we can easily, you know, uh, package. Well, let's, uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Apple, let's face it, Apple have transitioned from the 68K K series to the Power yeah. series. From the yeah. Power series to, the to Intel, yeah. Intel, you know, um, x86. Seamless. Without yep. any problem, um, they've shifted Endians at least once because I'm pretty sure Motorola was small Endian and IBM a big Endian. Um, no, no, no. Motorola is a big Endian. Is it okay? Well, yeah. then maybe it was. Maybe it was the. Um, anyway, at least at one point they switched ends. I know yeah. that yeah. at one point in their thing they switched ends. Um, they they've had Rosetta. They've had uh, cl classic mode. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. They've had you know fat binaries um i think with modern processors if they were to build an arm mac as you say the underlying machine code would be different and uh, like for the sdk um there's there's that but you know xcode handles most of that for most developers you, unless you are really down in the machine code would would you see mm -hmm. as long as your development environment is then compiled correctly by whatever tools apple give you yeah and oh. would that not also simplify the the whole uh, the whole iOS to Mac OS? Um, yeah, let let me take that let me take that back. Uh, Motorola is not a big engine. Uh, okay, well, I mean, you know, the exact. We're not really, you know, yeah. That's a specific. I'm saying I know. I'm yeah. pretty sure that in the past Apple have sh have shifted, uh, oh, you yeah. know, from one end to the other. So as you know with their experience in that sort of thing i don't you know i've never thought that that would be the problem i've always thought that there would be other problems like compatibility and whatnot but the world is shifting to arm yeah you know that is but, the way the tide is going so i think it might be very much in apple's um can we talk about the right. ipad now please well i guess i was gonna say <laughs> Yeah, right, so right. I'll tell you yes. what, I'll do this. So coming up after the break, we're going to be discussing the iPads. Nick's got stuff to say, and I know I have. So I'm going to take us into Nemo's hardware, if only for the fact that, A, the darts is bloody amazing, and I want to watch this leg, and B, I need a brew. <laughs> oh, and it's uh, all right. six five to wade if anyone so, is listening in the future. Yeah, all right. Okay. So uh yes, then we will take a break for Nemo's hardware store. And John has asked me to tell all the listeners that from now until uh, you know, the Christmas holidays, he will be concentrating to a large extent on giftable type items. Oh, so uh, take us away, John. Many years ago, I reviewed an Olympus digital voice recorder model VN-1000. 
PC. This is years before the iPhone with its voice memo, and I just remembered that I always liked the sound quality and the convenience of holding this tiny little portable voice recorder in my hand. Well, it appears Olympus did not go out of business, and they have a VN6200 PC, an Olympus VN7200 digital voice recorder. These are all in the $20 to $30 range. They have three or four of them under $50 US. So if you don't want to appear to be recording somebody with your iPhone, or you need to be recording and not appear to be doing anything at all, because these devices are black and very unobtrusive, you might want to consider them. And I dusted mine off, cleaned out the battery terminals, and that's what I'm using to record Nemo's hardware store today. We won't know until later on how it sounds, but let's give it a try. The first item on our shelf here at the hardware store is from McAlley, M-A-C-A-L-L-Y. It's called the Ultra Slim USB-C Wired Space Gray Keyboard for Mac. Product code is U-C-A-C-E-K-E-Y-S-G. $60 in the U.S. The keys are black. The housing is a nice space gray. And the lettering and the numbering on the keys, white. has a very long USB cable. And at the far end, the tip is USB-C. So it will work with any of the new MacBooks. And there's a possibility that the announcement coming up tomorrow, because I'm recording this on Thursday, will also have some USB-C ports for the new Apple hardware. It's a full-size keyboard with a nice tactile sound and touch, positive feel as you press them in. I like typing on it a lot. There's a slight textured feel to the keys. They're not super smooth, so you actually have a physical contact between the tips of your fingers and the keys. Being a touch typist, I really appreciate this when I'm typing on a USB-C MacBook. So for $60 US, if you are a serious typist and you don't like typing on that idiotic keyboard that's built into the chassis of the MacBooks, you will definitely like the Ultra Slim, the Ultra Slim USB-C Wired Space Gray Keyboard for Mac. Code U-C-A-C-E-K-E-Y-S-G from McAlley, M-A-C-A-L-L-Y dot com. 110 full-size thin keys, 20 convenient shortcut keys. You can change the function key, LED indicators for num lock, caps lock, function, and power. That's a great keyboard. Next come two items from the HIP Product Factory. H-I-P-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-F-A-C-T-O-R-Y. HIP Product Factory.com. First is the Orbit iPhone Companion. Comes in four colors, white, black, green, and magenta. It holds your iPhone charging plug while you travel, and it also holds your iPhone charging cable. Clamshell case. Then when you're ready to charge, you take the plug out. You put it sideways through the square hole in the orbit. Plug it into the wall. Gently set your iPhone in there and charge it up. $15. Exceptionally good value. It does cover up the other plug if you have a duplex outlet. I showed this to people in my weekly iPhone iPad workshop and every single one wanted to buy one. So I contacted the company and they're sending me a package so everybody in the workshop can have one at $15 a crack. They know how to find their plug. They know how to find 
their cable when they're traveling, and then when they're charging it, the phone is nice and safe and secure. Look at the website pictures that we will show you on our show notes for this week's episode of Essential Apple Podcast from HipProductFactory.com, $15 US, the Orbit iPhone Companion. Final product is called Twig, T-W-I-G. One second. That's all it takes for Twig to keep your ear pods tangle free. These are for any earbuds or wired in-ear headphones or in-ear monitors. You slot them into the twig, which is a Y-shaped, twig-shaped piece of plastic with some holes running through it. And you have to look at the movie on the website at Hip Product Factory to see it. And then you wrap the cable part of your ear pods around the length of the twig, as you'll see in the pictures, that we'll never lose it. And when you want to use it, you just quickly unwrap it, and then the twig hangs on your chest because it doesn't have any weight. And you pull out the listening part of the ear pods, the little speakers, and then the cable goes where it normally goes. Easier to demo than to explain. So that's why you must look at the movie. Cost in the U.S. is $9. So these are two exciting, creative, why didn't I think of them? Where were they when I needed them? Products from Hip Product Factory, plus an excellent USB-C keyboard from Mac Alley. That's it for Nemo's Hardware Store. Back next week. Uh, thank you, John. And as usual, all the uh, links are in the show notes. So, um, after all that big Indian, little Indian, uh, you know, Jonathan Swift malarkey, <laughs> shall we move on? Uh, and as Nick quite rightly said, what about the iPads? <laughs> so, <laughs> Nick, take, take, take the lead, mate. Take the lead. Well. Weren't they nice? Some of them were bigger, some of them were smaller. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, they look very good, I must admit, um, until they said the price again. But anyway, <laughs> let, ignoring the price, they're obviously now at a point, uh, it, it appears, where they really believe that these machines, and I don't think they're wrong, are um, so powerful that they're pretty much laptops anyway. And uh, they're br- uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Smaller bezels, very nice. Like the smaller bristles, magnetic pencil. Yes, with uh, wireless charging. Yeah, and with a clickable thingy on it to make um, it do stuff. <clears throat> All look very good. I have to say, uh, I was. Um, I think most people were pretty stunned when the original pencil came out that it wasn't magnetic. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so they're only really catching up with that, aren't they? But I mean, even so, people were happy to see it. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, there must have been a reason why the original pencil did not magnetise onto the side of the iPad. Maybe well, the magnets um, interfered with the internals or something. Because yeah, possibly. But didn't um didn't John Microsoft did... do it at the same time? Yeah. And they theirs was magnetic. Yes, theirs was. And yeah. a lot of people did kind of wince a bit because you know Apple are big on magnets. Johnny's loved magnets since you know. Oh forever. yeah, that's right. You know the whole uh, way Magnetic back when and things. You yeah. know the the very the, the clo- closing the lid. You know uh, makes your Mac go to sleep. I mean that was always done with magnets. A magnet in the catch and uh, well, way way back in the iBook days, you, you, they used to have that catch. You know when when oh, most yeah. uh, Windows laptops had great big ugly plastic hooks that hooked into the body when you shut them. Yeah. Yes. 
iBook yeah. had one that when you pressed the button, the little metal hook which closed it snapped up into the lid with a magnet. Oh. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but in the old iBooks, the metal hook went away when you lit, when you opened the lid because oh, there was a magnet not... in there and made it snap up into the lid. Not only that, uh, when you close the lid, the magnet, the magnet is the one that pulls the hook down. Mm. Mm. So, you know, yeah, clever. Very impressive. They've, they've very good. Anyway, the it's the new the new uh, form factor with the um, iPhone four slash five style edge. Very yeah, nice. that was an interesting choice. I, I like that. Actually. It looked very nice. I I see. I preferred. I'm just going to say very commercially, but I preferred the more rounded style because when the iPhone went where the iPhone five, it, it just it never felt as good to hold. As the four or the uh, my favourite one, which well, is the, the four three. had very square edges, didn't it? Four was made like a bloody Laker camera. Yeah, it it just never felt right, and I think as well trying to pick up this new iPad is going to be a little bit stranger because I think uh, what was it on ATP? Syracuse brought up a point that if it's led on a flat surface, you can get your finger in and around and pinch it to grab it and pull it up and do something with it. And now yeah, that's the point. They've taken that bit away, so. Trying to actually handle it now is going to be a completely different thing, but it does look good. I still don't understand the, their definition of edge to edge because there's still a border. Or, or have I been spoiled by Samsung? Yeah, somebody else mentioned that. I might, it might have been Carl, actually. It's, it's edge to edge. Yeah, edge to edge. Edge to edge between the bezels. Every yeah, yeah, screen's edge to edge. edge, edge, to edge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, edge to edge, some definition of edge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Apple's which new edge case retina. are we edging this edge um <laughs> a new liquid personally I, i'm not all that bothered about that people are on endlessly on about this you know edge to edge what's wrong with a bezel it's where you put your damn thumb but it's interesting yeah with the ipad it matters more i mean i don't know how everyone else holds their phone but i hold mine from the sides <clears> from behind as it were but with yes. the ipad you, you can't help but put your thumbs on the front of it it's just just sheer size of it and particularly just, just like me you've got the 12.9 inch it, it's a bit too heavy to hold from behind yeah, yeah. the only way to, you would gotta have somewhere to put your thumbs <laughs> yeah i was gonna say the only way you can hold it one-handed without is like when you get one of those straps or um yeah i know what you mean those yeah. things like the double double straps that you go from corner to corner like rubber so you can put your hand in and it's like rubber banded onto your hand but uh, we had them in work and they just add more weight but the problem yeah, with a lot of those is, mm. wait, and then when you put it down to like use it on a surface, it it's all side wibbly side. wobbly. Yeah. So it's half of one does know that the, the, the nice yeah. thing is the pencil. Uh, but my main takeaway from this is when they started comparing it to the Xbox, and they said Xbox quality graphics, and you're thinking, wow, that's not bad. But then you look at the price, and you go, I could have four Xbox ones. For the price of an <laughs> iPad, and arguably, yeah. I could probably do just as much in terms of content uh, consumption with an Xbox as I can. But they're not. But they're not pushing this one, are they? They're, did you not think that very much they are trying to break away from this content consumption? They didn't mention look I'm how great movies that. look don't, on it. They don't mention worry. listen to the fabulous sound. It was all about look what you can do with the pencil. Look how you can do real Photoshop. Look ah, how you can do this no, and that. And the no, other. disagree with all that. You, you're right. They tried. 
But uh, I spoke to a friend of mine uh, who's a graphic designer and artist. So he said, look at what they're not showing you. And what did they actually really show us with all that power? I'm, there was no way. It's uh, hack it, had it right. It's like a, a car you can't get. You, you've got all that power, but you're never going to use it. But they never actually showed anything really drilled down. So we'll go into, so just finishing off on the Xbox thing. Great console quality graphics. As we all know, there is a lack of iPad developers because there's just no money there. It can be as good as it likes. People just don't seem to spend the time developing for the iPad. It's, can anyone, in fact, quick question. Can anyone name a AAA title for the iPad that really stands out? A AAA title of what? Games. Any app. Oh, a game. Or, or you do any app, but we'll go with games first. Hmm. No. I don't play <laughs> games much. So. Nice, but... But but I, I would guess, though, that you're aware of Call of Duty 4 and all that sort of stuff. You would have heard of it. Yes. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. You've got none of this software that's on there because it's a, the iPad is almost like a shovelware platform. I mean, how many... There's only a couple of apps I know where they really optimize for it. They really say, yes, we use Metal. There's still not the developer support there. It's coming. But for games, it's, I don't see it happening no matter how much of a, of a, of a beast it is. Well, they, they always seem to concentrate on the games because I think they think that's what their customers want. Yeah, but if you, you're not um, going to play an Xbox but, but on I, your lap, I, I, you I think it on the it's much more, much more than that. Um, don't get me wrong, I do play games on my iPad, but it, it, it's much it, as a tool, it's much more than just a, a game machine. Yeah, um, but, the... but for some reason, they seem to think they keep having to justify themselves by saying, look how wonderful this is as a games machine. Um, it's a little bit like um, a little bit like going back to PCs and saying, you know, oh, it's only a really powerful PC if you can play these games on it. Um, it's, that, it's that kind of thing. Because I, I think iPad Pro has... You see, I, I think in this, in this particular um, demonstration, they're much, much more pushing it towards it being a, a, a crossover device. Or, or, no, a replacement device. I mean, they said right at the beginning that it was going to be a replacement for the PC. Uh, yes, uh, they did. And I still think that that's their vision. I still think that with all this power, they're still saying, what they're trying to say is, you can do 99% of what you want to do on this machine. You really can. And, okay, it's never, ever going to be, or, no, I don't think it is ever going to be a replacement for a full desktop that's doing something incredibly powerful. But it's getting very close. I think the, the thing we run into when we talk about this again and again and again, and it's the same thing with, with phones or iPads or, you know, uh, ultra-thin laptops or whatever, there's always this group who say, but it'll never be a full replacement for a full-blown, you know, desktop. No, it won't. It, it, it can't be by the sheer, you know, form factor denies that. But yeah. the number of people who require the full-blown capabilities of a desktop with a, you know, 49-inch display or two 27-inch displays or whatever else you want to say is a decreasing, you know, minority of a minority. They are a specialist And if, if you group. take if you take a, a group of people, a random group of people, who own both iPads and Macs, and you ask them how much time they spend using their devices, you'll probably find that almost all of them will say they spend 99% of their time on their iPads and 1% of their time on their Macs, unless they do it as a living. Exactly, right? 
the talk that, that's, that's what I'm like sitting in front of an iMac now, but I only use it when I'm podcasting or when I'm doing the church magazine. Yeah, and, where you need and, the greenest And all the rest of the time I'm on the iPad. But then this is where my argument comes in, is that they're marketing this as a pro device. Um, just to finish off my Xbox analogy, again, maybe it's what, like what Mayan said earlier on. So I probably butchered you pronouncing your name there. I do apologise. I think it's another subliminal marketing message to say, look at this, you can game on this. Quite why you'd want to spend $1,000 on a tablet to game at 4K resolution on your lap <laughs> without a controller, I don't know. But then if you're going to stick it into your TV, you might as well just get a cheaper iPad and get a Switch. But nonetheless, very, very powerful. But coming back to the pro stuff, uh, I think the first demonstration was, look at this brilliantly layered AutoCAD file that you could dr- you know, dr- drill deep into. And I went, oh my God, that is amazing to be able to display all that. Uh, look at this Photoshop file with hundreds of layers and styles and all that stuff. And we get a very careful demonstration of someone very slowly coloring in a, a petal on a flower. Now, I'm not taking away anything from the, the presenters, but you can guarantee all that stuff would have been done on a PC or a Mac. Yeah, I want to see oh, yeah. if, they, if they're going to put this as a pro tool. I want to see people creating stuff from scratch. Donnie in the chat room said um, he does a lot of his artwork uh, using the, the pencil. But we still haven't seen these pro people doing these thousand layer images from start to finish. Or you know, that AutoCAD file, no way was that done on an iPad. So I'm just trying to see, because the people that will do that sort of Photoshop file, and I am ripping this off from ATP because it's such a good point, they're the people that have keyboard shortcuts and buttons and Wacom tablets and whiz around. So you sort of have all this power, and it's brilliant, but then how do you actually use it? I think in some respects that Apple are not actually pitching it right. For most people, an iPad, even the $300 iPad, will do nearly everything that they want to do day to day. Let's face it, there are an awful lot of people whose only computing device is their smartphone. Uh, Yep, there's one chap I do a lot of um, support work for, uh, and he's iPad only. And I've learned a lot from this because it's like, oh, you forget things like adding a signature. I didn't know till last week you can actually type on a PDF form using your iPad and nothing else. It's Mm. fiddly as hell, but it does the job. So, but what I'm saying is when you're talking about those things, you know, that super duper complicated uh, Photoshop file or the CAD file, yes, you're right. The people who create those sort of files are not going to do it on an iPad. However, those sort of people might be really, really pleased to be able to go to see a client with their iPad and the client say, you see that detail on the, you know, that nut on the back of the steering wheel there? What about if we had a dome head on that? And the, you, if you could adjust that on your iPad, surely that's, you know, that's that, killer. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a pro sort of thing. Well, the one analogy I can come up with is, again, I'm borrowing this off a friend of mine. Put it another way. Apple doesn't make any pro apps for its iPads. That is true. And that's what gets me is that they've got all this horsepower and all, you know, I can't take away how technologically... See, just because because it's got the word pro on it doesn't mean that it is specifically designed for people who have very uh, very specific high-powered intentions. (laughs) What the... 
the iPad has always been the the, the tablet of the people, as it were, <laughs> if yeah. you want to call it that way. It's always been aimed at the general consumer. And even though they're putting the word pro on it, I don't think we need to get hung up. No, I think the fact they can do professional like stuff without actually being a PC. Because if you're not careful, what you're actually advocating is a PC on on a in a tablet. Yeah, I Uh, I think I I feel that the 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 difference is the input uh, the the UI paradigm, right? Yes. The I also feel that this is a generation thing. Given the next generation coming up, if they are trained on a touch paradigm, I would feel that, you know, they will be more comfortable on the iPad rather than the PC. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, and you'll be surprised, uh, you know, uh, maybe they'll uh, be able to do like really complicated artwork on the iPad, you know, from scratch. What we are what we are seeing here today is that uh, most pros uh, are too engrossed into the the old paradigm with the keyboard and mouse and you know trackpad whatever. Uh, but you know, like Steve Jobs said, you know, death will take care of this. Right? I, I, yeah. I, I I completely agree with you. And surely now, with all this power, now would be the right time to say get someone doing some classes or showing us, you know how they work with a such a, a complex level document. I just think it was a missed opportunity when you're pushing power, 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 pro users. We love how people create. And we basically got someone applying a filter to small petal on a what is, granted, a huge, huge document. I just think mm-hmm. it was a missed opportunity. And I think what you said there um, was, what was it you said? Uh, a pro-like experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's and but then but then it's like it's pro light. It's not the full version. You are right, I, and I've said this for years as well. I think we are all right here now. We're a, a dying generation of you know. We still type on this plastic stuff <laughs> called a keyboard. <laughs> that isn't going to last forever. I, th- I think I think Wei Han's right, and and so are you right. There's a there's a problem here. Yeah. Us and as Tim said, that the Tim Baharan said very much the same thing. There's a generational thing. We've got. 20, 30 years of ingrained understanding of how the tech world works, and that is centred around the PC. There's a generation coming, many of whom have barely touched a PC. With technology, is completely different. Mm. Yeah, um, and some of them find using a mouse, you know, completely unintuitive, which probably it is. We just think of it as natural as picking up a pencil because we've spent 30 years doing it. It's a little bit like um, when they first launched the iPad. Um... There were a few things about, weren't there, on YouTube and whatever, of 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 of, of children, of babies, mm. um, coming going up to the television and touching it and wondering why it's not responding to the touch. Yeah, there you know, the, the problem I see today is that um, the developers themselves are of the you know previous generation, not the upcoming generation. So in order to imagine, you know, how to write a software on a iPad like for totally uh, touch paradigm and especially if it is a, a production uh, kind of uh, application utilities right something like Photoshop and stuff I don't think it is intuitive for these uh, developers to come in and be able to get the paradigm right you know uh, from the beginning mm-hmm. so I believe this is uh, uh, going to be an evolving process right and to the point about the uh, you know, teaching uh, people to use how this paradigm should work. I'm not sure if 
the because okay in Malaysia there's no uh, Apple Store and um the so I'm not sure how this works. There's this uh what today at Apple right they have this initiative in the uh, Apple Store they where, do yeah yeah where they train uh you know or teach you know whoever who wants to learn about stuff. But I'm not sure whether this is going to be one of their avenue to say, hey, look, this is how you do this and what. I think um, that the sort of today Apple thing, it started off as sort of simply as, you know, classes were available. Now it's become um, coming almost a tent pole. And I think I think that is very much where they're going to start to try and push this so that mm. you can go to because all those classes are free, by the way. You yeah. can just go. You can just turn up. And 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 go to these events. Yeah, provided um, they have uh, enough seats. Yeah, but at, at the moment, most of the time, people I've uh, know who've who've attended say that they're always basically at the moment undersubscribed because people just don't know enough about them. Mm-hmm. So you can go along to an Apple store. You can say, you know, and today, uh, yes. So today at uh, Apple, I'm pretty sure when it comes out, things like Photoshop on the iPad Pro. Um, can we please no. have Final Cut Pro for the iPads? That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, you've got yeah. all that. You've got all uh, that. But those, and all those that kind of things are what they're going to be pushing. I'm very sure. And and to go back, Mark, to your your thing about there's no Apple don't make any Pro apps for the iPad. I think the truth is Apple know that the iPad is a fantastic fantastic piece of technology, and I don't think they even they really know what to do with it. To some extent, they're saying. We have made you this magical device and we're not really sure how we should go about exploiting it. Here it is. Yeah. Go away I, and do stuff. I, yeah, I agree that I don't feel that Apple has uh, ironed out all the touch paradigm for, you know, complicated things like, uh, you know, uh, Pro Tools. Right? No, uh, which is where yeah. I think the pencil is going to come in because I, I think the pencil is going to become the Mac, uh, you know, the mouse of the future. Yeah, they're, still, they're, they're still experimenting. <clears throat> well, exactly. Let's let's face it. What? How long? How long have we had iPads? What? Eight years. Mm-hmm. So, what? What you talking in? You know, in PC terms, you're what? Eight years after after the Apple II. I mean, <laughs> we're barely out of the DOS. You know yeah. what I mean? We're barely off. We're barely off basic and DOS at the minute. Um, mm-hmm. the one in, thing... in that kind of terms. I mean, one of the most notable things as well is when I saw the USB-C feature, I was like, oh, now I could do podcasting. But then I realized I can't because there's no way, as far as I know, and if anyone is listening and you know how to do it, you can't get audio off an iPad into a mixer and then feed it back in. So it's like that's another sort of like stumbling block. And I know all the things like, you know, that's a niche use. Then editing a large Photoshop on an iPad is a niche use or wanting to do. <laughs> most yeah. of what most people do is a niche use because yeah. it's niche to them. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, yeah. it, I think I'm mad because if the software was out there and if I was using a few more apps to go, ah, oh, you know what? I, I'm sort of trying like I'm trying to look at the whole ecosphere and go, give me a reason to go and buy it other than the fact I've seen some really nice fancy demos and NBA uh, 2K has been on there as well. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth about that is if you are the sort of person who has, you know, um, a real use and a real use case, you will already know what it is and you will be rushing out to buy one. For the rest of us, if you cannot see an immediate use case, you do not need it. If you must have an iPad, go get the basic three hundred pound one and be very happy with it. And just and just be warned that if you do decide 
that you must have the largest iPad Pro and you go for a medium spec with the pencil and the smart keyboard case, you'll get little change out of $1,800. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, and by the way, uh, yes, if you already have one and you're thinking of upgrading, the new pencil doesn't work with the old iPads and the old pencil doesn't work with the new ones and nor does the cover. So, uh, And the new pencil, going... we haven't mentioned the new pencil charges itself while it's uh, on the side. Yes, uh, we haven't. We haven't mentioned the new pencil. Yeah. Actually, we should talk about the new pencil because uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw that was Apple and Johnny love magnets. So why, oh, why was it that the Pencil 1 did not magnetically attach to the iPad Pro? There's got to have been a technical reason that, you know, the uh, magnets interfered with the circuitry in it because... Yeah, something like that. You know, Johnny had remotes that magnetically attached to the side of iMacs since there were iMacs. Well, at least until they went all alley and then they wouldn't magnetize. And I think but, everyone I think everyone thought that the uh, sticking the pencil into the bottom of your large iPad was a really silly idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this... that the the induction charging is not ready when they were Well, uh, no, that's right. You're yeah, you're absolutely right, but um, yeah, much better now. But very expensive. But yeah, okay. and, that's a very and it's got a flat board, side, it? so it won't roll off the bloody table. But okay, oh, so yeah. let's do a thought experiment then. So let's say we're going to go with the 11-inch display. We're going to get 256. Uh, yeah, we're going to go with just Wi-Fi. Uh, right, where is the other stuff? Where do I have the pencil? Let's you want the pencil. If you want the smart cover. It's not letting me fight. So... Here, the, my thought is here. So let's add the pencil. Let's add the smart folio. If you're going to use it as a pro device or slash pro slash light device, you're going to want that. Uh, we're not going to. Well, we're not... are you? Why? Why not? Why have a folio? Why not a separate? Because we're being Bluetooth pro. Keyboard. So we're looking at one thousand two hundred and seventeen pounds, which is about what fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's not far off. Who here would rather buy that? If money was no object, would you rather buy that or would you rather buy a MacBook? Uh, well, me, as you know, as everybody knows, I don't even have an iPad. I don't see a space for an iPad in my usage. So if I had $1,500 slash pounds to uh, splurge on new kit, I'd be buying a laptop. Well, for £200 more, you're getting the latest 13-inch MacBook Air 1.6 dual-core Da, 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 da. Now, admittedly, well, that's, that's the whole point, Mark. They're aiming it at different people. Yeah. If your if your need is to have a cellular data, the iPad is the only one. That is true. Yeah, and, and if you if you if your general usage is such that you can do everything with an iPad, you're probably going to go for an iPad because it's more convenient than buying a laptop. Oh yeah, granted, granted. It just I don't know, the, the price lines just seemed too blurred. You see, I've done, I think they've done this on purpose. They want the iPad to be seen as a sort of pseudo-laptop complete replacement. And I don't yeah. mean in a replacement. And um, they've always said from the beginning they wanted it to be a replacement. And so they're aligning the costs. I'm not saying I'm happy about that because I'm not. But <laughs> but that's what they're doing, aren't they? They're aligning the costs so that it really is just a matter of which Again. one you want. I bring I bring us back again only if you're talking about a pro. If you just want an iPad and you don't need the pressure sensitive pencil and all the other gubbins that go with a pro, you can go and buy a three hundred pound three hundred dollar ten was it ten inch iPad 
you know. And that is a nice that, that is a nice bit of that is and a that nice, is a really yeah. really nice mm-hmm. iPad. I think yes. you know us tech people and the tech press and the internet you know chattersphere gets wrapped up with the pro because it's it's shiny and it's got bells and whistles and it's interesting and it's clever. Ninety five percent of the population are going to go out and buy the three hundred dollar ten inch iPad and it will be absolutely an amazing piece of kit and they would never in a million years miss the fact that it doesn't you know that it doesn't support the pencil or anything else i think this Mm. comes all back to what wine said is the perception of price if you've got something that powerful why sell it for less you you spent all this time and i'm contradicting myself now a little bit uh why spend all that time saying this is a lot you know this is a faster machine than a laptop and then price it lower because i think if you were to price it lower people would go it can't be as good. It's only half the price mm. of, of a laptop, maybe. <clears throat> I mean, I always, talking about the pricing structure, you know, I, I just think the whole, um, at the moment, the whole Apple laptop iPad Pro pricing structure is a complete tangle. You know, there's no clear ladder of good, better, best. You know, yeah, I mean, you look I at agree. the Mac, you look at the MacBook, where the hell does that fit? You know, redheaded stepchild or what? It's running an M series processor. It hasn't been updated in what eighteen months, it, and yet it costs more money than the air. And yet, for some people, that is the perfect. Um, that that, that, that it's, so, it's so light, and it, you know and what I mean. Tiny. You and only have to tiny. speak. To, you only have to speak to Bart, and he he loves it. Yeah, but does it justify being more money than the new air? Probably, yeah. Not now. It doesn't. No. <laughs> Not now. This is the thing, and. It, I, I don't know. I just, Apple always used to have a good, better, best strategy. And right at the moment, there is no clear good, better, best. Yeah, that, I mean, it's not that long ago that people in podcasts were criticizing other manufacturers. Yeah. Because I, their I OSs perhaps were so complex or their. Yeah. Uh, and, and we we seem to be going. Um, the Mac seems to be going back. Well, not just the Mac, the whole of the line. Yes, to that muddied to up. You sort of, which one do I go for? Yeah. Um, and as we also backtracking, talking about price, the um, the, the other thing, you know, Wayhan said, you know, are they testing the elasticity? They'd, like all companies, if they, they're going to keep pushing the prices up until there's a pushback. And the yes, pushback will come when the when the sales when mm-hmm. sales drop or stall or they're getting a lot of pushback on people going into stores and then going, well, I really like that one, and then the bloke saying, well, that's that and that and that kaching that will be fifteen eighteen hundred dollars, and people going, do you know what? I don't think I can quite afford that, and walking out. Yeah. <laughs> that is when there'll be a revision in the price structure, and until that happens. They're, of course, they're going to keep pushing their prices up. They're a company. They're not there, you know. They're not there for our good, whatever we might like to think. They're not our friends. They're there to make money. Yeah. Um. There we are. Well, yeah. overall, despite all that, you know, shenanigans. What? What do we? What do we give them? Right. Okay. Let's go. Um. MacBook Air range. Who's got a thumbs up? I give it a big thumbs up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Thumbs yeah. Thumbs up. Not buying one, but thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up all round. Okay, what about the Mac Mini, boys? Bearing in mind, of course, the Mac Mini does have replaceable RAM, so you don't have to buy Apple's stupid RAM. You can buy it with the base and get... But it's what was okay it somebody because... put on Twitter? Oh, if I buy the Mac Mini, I do this, I do that, and then I buy all the RAM from OWC, I can take my fiancé on a cruise with the money I saved. 
It's all right. They'll gouge you on the SSD pricing. Uh, true. Yeah, it's true. But I heard somewhere that uh, it's not user serviceable, meaning or that the RAM. You, yeah. Yeah. Now the RAM. Yeah. In the mini, is upgradable, but it's not user serviceable. I don't know what, quite what the difference is there. <laughs> uh, meaning, meaning they don't have a convenient way for you to open up like uh, like the iMac where you have a slot. Oh, right. right. So it's got, it's got the slots. It's got the yeah, slots, it, but then it's, it's not easy to get at. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not easy to get at. So it's not a uh, user serviceable. And if it is a uh, user serviceable, they'll come in the manual how to take the part. Right. To, I, see, you know. I see what you mean. Did, what about the SSD? I'm assuming the SSD is actually soldered on. Yes, that's yeah. where they make all their money back with the huge gouging. Yeah, the completely, I'm sorry, the completely uh, egregious price gouging on SSDs. <laughs> yeah. How much is their SSD? They, they want, if you want a two terabyte SSD, it's like about four times the price of what you could buy equivalent external. It's terrible. It but is. I, but I mean, I Apple can... have always done this, haven't they? I mean, oh, yes, haven't they just? But they just it get as my the, first uh, iMac uh, 2007. Had, had what did it come with two two gig probably yeah. and uh that for four, for another two gig they wanted a ridiculous amount of money <laughs> yeah but at least, days, it, at least in those days at least in those days it had a little door on the bottom you just yes. took the screws out and put your own bloody ram in but for ssd i can see why they do that uh because uh different ssd would have like different features difference in uh i think they can get more speed if they oh yeah and i know they and they yeah, don't the, just use yeah. any old SSD, do they? We know they use super tuned <clears throat> SSDs. So, but yeah, yeah, love the love what they've done with the Mac Mini, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I won't be buying one of those either. <laughs> oh, and the other one, of Same course. Here. Come on, big big thing we haven't mentioned: ports on the SS. Uh, you know, ports on the Mac Mini. Oh yes, they've stuck oh, yeah. with what they had before, pretty much, haven't they? Uh, it's got Thunderbolt USB C upgraded H- ports. Um, HDMI. Yeah, and uh, it's got pre- the previous uh, generation don't have USB C, I believe. Oh, that's no. right. Yeah, and it's got audio. It's still got audio ports on it, I think. Yeah, and it's got USB A. That's the mm-hmm. big thing. Having said that, I mean they they really do seem to have listened to their customers on this one, don't they? The, I I think the Mac Mini is almost like a sort of cut down Mac Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what do you mean the kind of Mac Pro that people wanted in the first place? Or the kind of head, you know, the kind of headless Mac that a lot of people. Yes. Want. Yeah. As I say, they seem to, on on this occasion they seem to have listened to what their customers wanted. Now yeah. I believe the they only listen to their biggest customer, right? And um, I I read from right uh, John Gruber, the daring fireball that uh, the what's that the Mac Stadium guy was at the event. Right, I'm sure he has some a, a lot of input into the design, mm. right? Because like the the racks and and whatnot, uh, that you know, uh, they have customized just for this uh, Mac Mini. I don't think they want to redesign another one, you know, just because of a new form factor coming up. No, I, I agree with that, and that's what we said earlier, isn't it? I, that's why I don't think they changed the outer casing, basically. Yeah. So if you are a really big customer, Apple would listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, do you follow the money? Money, <coughs> oh, yeah. as per always. Right. So I think we overall a big thumbs up on the Mac Mini, and about time, and the iPads. Yeah, very good. Very yeah. good. I think so too. Yes. Uh, you know, we can nitpick and we can scrabble and whatnot. But uh, I'm going with the quote uh, from Twitter, which was absolutely fabulous presentation. Uh, the only thing I will be uh, getting from this is the 12.1 uh, download because that's all <laughs> I can afford. <laughs> 
Much as I liked it, the twelve point one update is the only thing I can afford. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think my my final comment on it will be uh, roll on a couple of years when I might be able to afford a second hand one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably how a lot of us feel. At least we know we're going to get more for our stuff on the second hand market now. Anyway, that is true. Do we have right. uh, Do we have uh, enough time for me to talk a little bit about the OS strategy? Yeah, sure. Yeah, please do. Go. Okay, with the talk about uh, all these rumors about uh, ARM Max and and whatnot, um, I came to a revelation uh, during this event that you know how how are they going to you know strategize like you know going into the ARM Max and you know um, you know how would their uh, OS line up with their devices? But and and of course, uh, looking back. Uh, for the past few months, we have been talking about uh, Marzipan and uh, you know things that uh, try to help developer, uh, especially iOS developer, develop for the Mac. Right? This all seems like re- you know all um, all these rumors. Uh, if you look at it uh, individually, it kind of don't jive together. So the way I was thinking about it is that okay, what can they do? Right, they could keep the current strategy, meaning the they will have the Mac OS and iOS as a separate um, uh, OS, whereas the uh, iOS will be for the iPads and the iPhone. Right, and uh, okay, the iPod Touch. <laughs> Remember the iPod Touch, right? Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, or there, uh, this rumor has been going on uh, also about the unification of the OS, meaning the iOS and Mac OS uh, to be unified uh, into one OS. And, um, you know, if you write application for the Mac, it will be able to run on the iOS and vice versa. But I have a feeling they could be doing something that is the third option, which is we maybe they are trying to redraw the OS line. But what do I mean by that? Uh, for iOS, maybe stick to the iPhone, but for the iPads and the Mac, you know, unify that. So it's like you know, moving the iPad together with the Mac OS. Right? It seems um, plausible uh, in a way that because if you're looking at the Marzipan uh, effort, you know, maybe that is what they are doing. Right? Um, uh, for the iPad apps to be able to uh, run on the Mac and vice versa. So, you know, gonna, do you know what I fr- from that comment, Weihan? I'll tell you what mm-hmm. I can see. Actually, if mm-hmm. if you know, if we were to go with that, and I can see that as a as a valid concept, actually, because one of the things that people who do heavily use iPads complain mm-hmm. about is that it doesn't have enough, you know, things like file management, um, oh, yeah. multitasking. So on, you know, the things that people who want to do quote unquote heavyweight pro work on a on a on an iPad complain about most is multitasking and file management. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, so if you were to move and the things that they like most in, in new versions of iOS are things like split view, the, the slide over, the files app, things like that. So why the hell that files app wasn't called iCloud Drive, I do mm-hmm. not know, but that's another matter altogether. If you were to move the iPad Pros, I would say the iPad Pros, mm-hmm. into a an OS which basically contained the iPad Pros and the Mac, mm-hmm. and you left the iPhone and the basic iPad in the iOS camp, mm-hmm. where I would say I could see Marzipan being 
actually more of a feature is that it would still allow the iPad Pros to run basic mm-hmm. iOS apps. So mm-hmm. they would not be disconnected from the iOS app ecosphere because one yeah. of the big things that iOS does have going for it is that there are billions upon billions of apps. Oh yeah, that's true. And if you if you took the uh, if you took the iPad Pro into the Mac camp without allowing it access to iOS applications, you'd be strangling it. Yeah, true, but uh, I'm not I'm not saying the the you know moving iPads from the <clears throat> from the iOS to the Mac OS is uh, a way to um, you know separate it out like you know uh, not make it so that you know, iPhone apps cannot be run on i uh, no, no. iPad anymore. Right? No, That's I, I no, uh, I agree. And by when when I'm saying that, you know, putting the the iPad Pros in, into the Mac camp. I'm I'm not thinking about literally making an iPad Pro run the current current mm-hmm. Mac OS. I'm talking about a future. Yeah, definitely. A know. future Mac slash iPad Pro uh, oh, 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 OS, oh. which isn't quite a convergence of iOS and yeah. and the Mac. I'm talking about basically bringing over some of the paradigms of desktop. Yes, that's, into that's the touch interface effectively. Yes, finding yeah. some way of making them work in, with a touch interface. Yes, yeah. and I, but I think you have more of that. a desktop um, feel without it actually being a desktop. Yes, and it's, it's yeah. not only the OS, right? As you can see in the lineup, uh, the the iPhones are still on the Lightning connector, but the iPad Pro now is on the USB C, right? And the Mac, uh, the Mac. Um, uh, hardware, they are starting to in- incorporate USB-C and some of them only USB-C. Yep. Yeah, so, you may be right, Wayne. And, and the T2, you know, they're bringing T2 mm-hmm. and, and, and so things into the, into the Mac. I could very much see that being uh, being like the middle way, if you like, Wayne. Mm-hmm. That's not something I thought of, but that kind of, you're maintaining two lines, but redrawing mm-hmm. where the defining line is. Yeah, that's what I'm. That that's what I was thinking. Mm. Yeah, that's a very interesting concept, and actually something mm. that not many people have ever discussed. People keep talking about unifying mm-hmm. the OS, and and I think most of us here have said in the past that we think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, but yeah. to have a kind of a, a blending or a, like a you know, there's iOS which does so much, and then you've got a new uh, Mac slash iPad Pro OS which has the ability to use iOS apps would de- would redefine. You'd still have two distinct um, OSs, but where the line is drawn is different. And for example, you're right. The, you know, the adoption of USB-C does kind of point to the iPad Pros being gradually drawn away from the rest of the iOS line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, it seems like, you know, that, that, uh, the USB-C was the first thing that you know crossed my mind. It's like this is strange. So I started to thinking, uh, think down the line. If I were Apple, would this work? Because underline, if you look at uh, all the um, the Apple's OS, like I said just now, underlying them all, they are all Unix. Right. Yeah, so, well, they all run on the Mac kernel, don't they? Yeah, that's Mac, are... Mac with an H. That is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you know, maybe right, but in any case, right, uh, this is you know, you hear, you hear, you hear it uh, here first. So yeah, that's right, exclusive. <laughs> yeah. You heard it from Weihan 
on the essential apple. <laughs> and if that comes if that comes true, you will never hear us stop trumpeting it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be going on every podcast we can get our hands on going and you heard it from Weihan on the essential apple first <laughs> we were there I wish fingers that... on the pulse <laughs> I do wish that Apple would fix the whole files thing uh, was it the other night I was bouncing a video out from uh, what was it from iMovie and I wanted to save it to my iPad so you go out save and then I realised you can't create a folder, so I had to come out of come out of the um, the export process, go into files, manually create that folder, go back into iMovie, bounce the video again, and then put it into a folder. And it's those little things yeah. that I just wish. Just a disaster. Yeah. That and, yeah. Uh, it... and yet, and yet, there are other things you can do that I think are incredibly unintuitive. Like, for instance, um, I use um, Fourscore on the on the um, ipad uh for music scores and i have to get them in in pdf format so i end up scanning some of my music and i can scan it using a hewlett-packard um app on my ipad and i can send it using the share sheet straight to four score <laughs> uh, and I, I really like that that sort of that that's i don't even have to do an interim and save it and whatever it just goes straight there so there are some things you can do that are actually even more intuitive on the ipad than there they would are. be if you were doing them on there a desktop are. you know and that, that for example this seems like you know take a photograph on your phone and drop it straight into an app on the mac i mean these these things are like like we said this stuff's all new really yeah. eight years yeah. is nothing 10 years is nothing really just because it feels like a long time it's not really is it you know um yeah. oh and in shock but... news uh raymond van barneveld has just beaten the world number one michael van goo in 10-8 in an absolute oh, wow. <laughs> 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 and on that bombshell simon get us out of here i want to go watch your final now Right. Okay. Well, yeah, that's it. We've been going for ages and ages and ages. Um, despite the fact we said we were going to have an hour show. Uh, so I'll round up with a couple of other things. Uh, Apple also had an earnings event. Uh, links in the show notes. Um, Johnny Ive interview we mentioned. Links in the show notes. Uh, this one. Uh, if you're of a certain age, and certainly if you are uh, a UK uh, resident, you might remember this. Tomorrow's World is to return for a special one-off show, say the Yay. BBC. Yay. Um, and it's going to feature, I think, Maggie Philbin and the bloke whose name I can never remember. Not, obviously, poor old Raymond Baxter. He's no longer with us. And uh, but, uh, anyway. I liked Philippa. I was a Philippa Forrester fan. Uh, let me have a quick look. Who is who is who is it going to be? Whenever, um, I, whenever I think of Tomorrow's World, it always makes me think of the goodies where they did their thing with Raymond Baxter dressed in the string vest and the string uh, string. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we got. We've got. It's going to be Howard Stapleford. There we go. Who um, is? Just I can never remember his name. Um, oh, there cool. we go. Yes, it's going to be a 90-minute live show from Glasgow. Uh, and Maggie Philbin says she is beyond excited. 
Um, and yeah. Stableford said it's a chance to introduce the iconic show. Uh, and I, if it's anything like the real thing, every presentation will go wrong and fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what always used to happen. And Raymond Baxter used to have to say, well, it worked perfectly well in rehearsals. Sorry about that. It, ra- <laughs> it rather reminds me of a, 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 when I was at school, and we, used to, uh, we had a physics teacher who one day, he wanted to show us that if you heated glass, uh, you could pass electricity through it. <laughs> and he kept heating the glass and it kept melting before it actually did what he wanted it to do. <laughs> Don't try that at uh, home. Uh, right. Uh, technology news. Uh, a company called Royoli uh, have introduced a FlexiPi uh, foldable phone uh, beating Samsung and Huawei to the... Uh, or is it yeah. Huawei? I never know. Uh, Huawei. Way hard yeah. to probably do it. Yeah, it's Huawei. 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 All right, yeah. look, now from an official uh, Cantonese speaker, um, it, <laughs> it, it's proven. It's Huawei. So they've beaten both Samsung and Huawei to uh, a foldable phone. Interestingly, it folds what most people might think the wrong way around. So the screen wraps around the outside, although actually that makes a lot of sense when you think about it, because I'd think it would be very difficult to fold an LCD over like a piece of paper. And no, the, probably... I, I have one comment about the foldable screen. Right? Yep. It, anything that is mobile that you hold in the hand and you take it uh, where, wherever you go, if it has moving parts, and uh, when it fails, the moving part will be the first one to break. <laughs> That's true. Right. That is very true. <clears throat> so uh, my... um, the whenever you see someone um, uh, make a device like that, you can almost bet that it's not going to be successful. Uh, my take on this, actually, uh, after I dug into it uh, deeper, is in fact that uh, this Royoli company, uh, their main uh, focus is actually... Create uh, manufacturing bendy screens. So to be to be honest, this is somewhat of a PR stunt. Oh, right. yeah. they're, they're making phones is not really their job. They make uh, bendy screens. So I think yeah. this is more of a uh, look. We did it first, and by the way, buy your bendy screens from us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, security news, uh, Tunnel Bear completed a second annual uh, independent security audit. Uh, you can uh, link in the show notes. Uh, there you go. Apparently, the iPhone iOS 12.1 update fixes quite a lot of security uh, holes, but the lock screen is, quote unquote, still unsafe. This was from Hot Security. Apparently, uh, the best thing to do, turn off Siri on the lock screen and you will be safe. And uh, worth a chirp, this is, uh, I mentioned Ghostry. Uh, Ghostry Lite for Safari on the Mac is out of beta and now available for download. It's free and it blocks trackers and other unpleasantness uh, in Safari on the Mac. The old Ghostry doesn't work anymore because of changes in Mojave and the Safari security settings. So there you go. Um, And I think that's about all. So let's take the show out uh Weihan, where can people find you uh, pe- uh, uh i'm on twitter as uh Weihan, w-e-y-h-a-n okay and of course uh i forgot to mention you are the developer maintainer of the ios app compo which is yes. a uh lightweight clean experience writing app is that not true yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's available for free from the iOS App Store. So everybody, yeah. rush out, get Compo, give <laughs> us a review. Uh, Wei Han will be very, yeah. <laughs> very grateful uh, indeed. That will be grateful. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mark, 
you can find me on the Twitter at Ocean Speed, or I do some occasional posting on the at Essential Apple on the Twitter. Or basically, these days you find me in the Slack room, and I do the occasional thing over at EssentialApple.com. Right, and of course, you sometimes put to uh, you sometimes put videos on YouTube. I'm working which on is another on a one. Different... Uh, <laughs> which is I've, on a different channel to the uh, podcast. I've got a, We're going to have to do something about merging those, I think. I've got a segment called, um, it's probably going to be crap, but I really hope it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Okay, uh, Nick, um, you, of course, are not really anywhere very much, are you? <laughs> you can find me most times cowering under the stairs, hoping the world will go away. Um, but <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm not doing that, you can find me uh, very occasionally on Twitter. Um, and that, it's Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And, of course, in the Slack room. And I am on the Twitters as at Serenak. That's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, as Mark said, the show tweets us at Essential Apple. All our stuff is over at EssentialApple.com. Uh, madness, uh, you know, continues to rule in the Slack room. If you want to join the Slack room, just follow the link in the show notes. Uh, Joker Sales offer for 30% off at Take Control Books is still in effect. Thank you, Joe. And uh, I think that's about it, isn't it? That's about it, everybody. Have we covered everything? Yeah, I've got half an hour before the final start. All right, let's go then. Let's let Mark go watch the darts in peace. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Cheerio. Goodbye. Au revoir tout le monde. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.